Hello and welcome to Voices in Innovation from GigaOM. I am your host, Johnny Baldusberger, and today I am joined by analyst and VP of Research, John Collins. Hello, John. Hi there. How's it going? Good. I think you need a few more titles. I want I want the first five minutes of any episode with you to be just taken up by titles. I mean. That, that does remind me of a story where I could choose my own title when I was in France and I ended up calling myself the platform support manager because I spent so long in France, I didn't know how to use the English language anymore. <laughs> so it's the worst possible title in the world, uh, but it sounded just right if you translate it directly word for word into French. It's a bit like passwords, isn't it? The, the moment that they say, right, you can make your own title, my mind goes complete blank. No <laughs> idea. It's... Uh, it's- it's either your mind goes completely blank or your mind goes to the most ridiculous thing you can think of. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I, I, w- I wish I had the ridiculous mind. Mine just we goes do, completely beige. We occasionally have a guest on the show that will be vice president director in charge of IT cloud and marketing uh, in this department for this company in this division. Uh, so their title is three or four uh, lines long on any given thing. But anyway, uh, we are not here to talk about titles today as much fun as that is. We are here to discuss value stream management. That's the topic of the day. (laughs) John, you've written quite a lot about value stream management. You've had a few interviews on... um, uh, on the show without me on value stream management, but for anyone who's missed those, just broadly speaking, can you define value stream management for us real quick? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really good question. Uh, and um, I mean, the, the, there, there is a formal definition of value stream management, which is uh, it's in the area of DevOps and um, what value stream management does is it considers development pipelines as streams of value which need to be considered in terms of both uh, how efficient they are uh, so how much money is being wasted um, in just producing things and how can you can you save that money and then how effective they are in, in terms of um, how how to uh, how to ensure that the things you deliver are of value and um, that's that's all very very well and good. It's come from uh, lean engineering. So it's, uh, uh, you know, if we think of uh, a software development as a production uh, pipeline process, then uh, then there's there's a lot uh, of interesting uh, interesting things to, to be done there. But um, uh, the other way that we can look about uh, value, look at value stream management is um, from the point from the point of view of um, what it's actually replacing some of these some of these terms come along and uh you think well why wasn't why weren't people doing that in the first place what 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 was missing that made value stream management need to respond to that and because for example why would you develop stuff that isn't of value why why would you work in a way that isn't efficient uh, in the first place so it's really worth considering uh how DevOps exists today and how more broadly agile software development and software development uh, exists today. And the answer is that there's a lot of complexity. There's a lot of um, 
variability in, in process. So you're told you can you can develop stuff in, in an agile way that opens the door to an element of chaos in, in, in how things are done. So the two things really that value stream management brings to the party. The first is to address specific bottlenecks in your process. So you can start looking at your uh, development pipeline and consider um, why are certain elements of it running slow and, and address those. And then the second thing that you can do is start looking above it and think, okay, as I'm freeing up some time by, by removing those bottlenecks, how can I actually make sure I'm making the right decisions and setting the right priorities so I'm doing things in, in a way that's actually delivering that value, which was so important in the first place. Now, when we first started chatting about DevOps and project management, you recommended a uh, comic book to me, a graphic novel. The Goal, which is a great book um, about project management. And that, that, that was turned into a graphic novel. You're absolutely right. Well, the reason I, I mentioned is specifically uh, most of what you're talking about right now uh, sounds very familiar from my reading of The Goal. Um, to an extent. I mean, so The, the Goal is also a bit, little bit of background on The Goal. Um, essentially, um, Eli Goldratt was a, uh, a project management guru. He, he's, he's no longer with us, which is a, a shame. He's a super smart guy. Um, and he wrote a book about general project management and he wrote it as a novel as indicated by what we've just been talking about. But he wrote it in such a way to illustrate the challenges that people face in project management and um, how to address them because ultimately projects are very people oriented. They're not about uh, technology. They're about making people um, uh, and helping people deliver, enabling people to deliver um, the results out of the project. And a lot of that is about getting people doing the right things and getting people to feel good about it as they're doing it. So, so it's a very personal thing. And he essentially came up with uh, buried in the book is something called the theory of constraints, um, which is linked to how, how much people can deliver at any one point in time. And the basic thesis, if you strip everything away, will be very familiar to a lot of people. It's if you context switch, if you start doing one thing and then you have to switch to doing another thing and then you can switch back to doing the one thing, the time it takes to go from one thing to another thing and back to the one thing is a genuine overhead, which it, it may feel like five minutes or, or less, but actually it can go into the hours of, of um, switching time bet between tasks. So the more you're switching, the, the more time you're wasting. And, and the, the, if you then, that's just on an individual level. If you add to that switching uh, between people and between tasks. So if you're constantly interacting and asking people to do stuff, the overhead of that interaction, um, as uh, other books um, illustrated by good old uh, Hammer and Champy's uh, uh, business process uh, re-engineering um, books, um, the, the overheads of, of switching uh, between people, then switching between departments is absolutely massive. So overall, uh, Eli Goldrapp's, Goldratt's principle is if you can stay for as long as possible doing the same thing, you will get a great deal more done. 
So then the question becomes, well, what's the relationship between that and, and value stream management? So as we're looking at uh, specifically uh, software development and, and uh, um, continuous integration, continuous delivery that's, that's involved in DevOps, um, the, the, the notion of um, a, a lot of work is, is task-based, it's feature-based. So uh, you, you start a, a, a sprint at the beginning of the week and you, you will go off and you start developing your own features and, and then you come back together, etc. The way that those features move through the pipeline is, is actually, it's like watching little boats with uh, containers on them um, delivering new, new innovation, new functionality. And, and you can actually monitor how well uh, those features are moving through. So the, what can often happen, for example, is that a whole bunch of features get developed and then they hit a bottleneck of testing because uh, the, 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 the individual features need, let's say, um, the way you're structured is that every new feature needs to go through a QA cycle that takes 24 hours. Uh, if that's the case, you could take 10 minutes writing a new bit of code. I'm not saying everything takes 10 minutes, but uh, you could take 10 minutes writing a new bit of code. And then you're waiting 24 hours to find out if it is good enough to then uh, incorporate uh, and, and share with everyone else. So um, there, there's that aspect. And then if you add the, the Eli Goldratt aspect, which is then you're trying to, to be collaborative about how you're doing things, uh, um, the whole point of DevOps, I mean, the, the acronym CALMS of DevOps, uh, the C means uh, collaboration, is that you're supposed to be interacting with different people. So to, in order to deliver that feature in the first place, you can slow yourself down by being more collaborative. So there's, there's, lot, there's lots of moving parts here and there's no necessarily one answer. Uh, there's not necessarily any one answer, I should say. Um, but what value stream management tooling gives us is an overview of those little containers of, of functionality as they're moving through the pipeline. And we can see uh, the, the, the bottlenecks. We, we can see where they're all kind of uh, uh, hitting up against. Yeah, all, if it was containers on boats you, and testing was a harbor, you can see them all waiting outside the harbor, waiting for their turn to go in. Um, and, and it's that kind of visibility that can really help you decide that uh, in your organization, testing isn't the bottleneck. It's uh, the fact you've got a management sign-off that's the bottleneck, or it's the fact that um, uh, it could be that developers are choosing big features and not small features, um, or uh, that they're choosing new functionality and, and not uh, choosing to fix um, problems in old functionality. So it, all of these things are linked. The Eli Goldratt stuff is very relevant but um, it's not up to value stream management to solve that. What um, value stream management does is gives you that visibility in order to decide what to solve, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Now, you've been talking a bit about how value stream management is not a magic bullet, um, which is a phrase, you know, we've, we've heard on this show before from you. Um, and so what I'm wondering is why isn't 
it a magic bullet? Why, <laughs> under what circumstance would you not want to, to use VSM? That, that, that's, that's a very good question. I mean, there's, the, the easy answer is that there are no magic bullets in IT and uh, no, no tool is ever a, um, uh, going to solve all, all the problems. Uh, but that's a bit too glib. And we've all read that article that says it's not a magic bullet, therefore. Um, and, it, and it's an easy win to, to write articles like that. Um, I, I think that, that there's two aspects to this. One is that it is a kind of magic bullet. So bear with me as I say that. Um, now hold on. <laughs> hold on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the difference between um, ignorance not being bliss and then actually having visibility and uh, um, the, the powers that you need in order to make changes to your pipelines. That's actually pretty powerful. Um, you're not going to get all of that from tooling. Um, you're going to get some of that from uh, having the right roles and responsibilities in place because you've got to be prepared to change uh, how you're doing things. And as Eli Goldbrett knows, uh, change is a very personal thing as well. So you can't just go, right, we're all going to do uh, a completely different thing tomorrow and, and expect everyone to go, great, I'm so excited about yes, another change. Uh, it's not going to happen that way. So um, the ability to see where you couldn't see before uh, is, is very powerful. The, that's obviously not going to be enough because just seeing doesn't mean that you're going to therefore suddenly be able to make the right decisions. Um, so it's, it, it, it's a bullet of sorts. It's relatively magic, but then you still need to uh, be able to use it as part of your armory. It's not just going to um, make everything immediately better. Uh, and I, I think the thing about uh, a lot of this stuff, what we're seeing with DevOps in general is a move towards um, uh, more governance kinds of aspects of, of software development and operations. So uh, DevOps has come from CICD. Um, CICD has come from uh, automated build. Uh, so the ability to, to, to store lots of clever things in a configuration management system like Git, and then to be able to build libraries and then uh, deploy them very quickly. Uh, that's where all the uh, build automations come from. That's where Jenkins came from. That's where uh, suddenly the notion of continuous integration came from. Then people started to look at continuous deployment, which meant, you know, now I've built the libraries. How about I put it straight into operations straight away? That hit the wall of confusion, which was where operations said, you want to deploy that over my dead body? Have you seen how chaotic it is in my environment? Um, at which point they said, hey, how about we get that ops involved directly into the conversations much earlier on, which is where we've got DevOps from. So that, that whole end-to-end -end, uh, it, it is, is really, really important. And, and the ability to, to kind of capture that is, is really, really important. But um, I've almost forgotten the question. Now, what did, what did you ask, Eden? I asked um, why wouldn't someone want to employ value stream management? Oh, great. Thank you so much. <laughs> so um, so uh, the, the trouble with all of that, just making development more efficient, uh, more efficient, for, more kind of 
capable from a developer perspective and then being able to get stuff into production, into operations, um, it is, has been very compelling. It, 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 it's great. But then it leaves, it leaves you with a lack of understanding of, um, of what you were doing in the first place. There's not, there's not, there isn't a map. You're, you're just kind of doing, it, it's a doing level set of activities. And um, that's got a lot of people, a lot, a lot, a lot of places, but it hasn't got them into being able to do things infinitely better, and then onto a path of what we can call—it's an old term—continuous improvement. And that's why we're seeing DevOps move more into the governance layer. We're seeing it being, become more about management topics. Uh, you might not want to—you might not have reached a point. This is why you don't need value stream management. You might, your organization may not have reached a point where. You need to think about efficiency, where because you're just a, you're a small team, you're four to five people, uh, you're 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 all very smart. You you you're not you're running everything in the cloud. You're not needing any operation staff. You, it's all automated deployment anyway, and it all life looks all so simple. When that gets up to twenty or thirty developers, uh, and uh, you're deploying across a more complex environment. Yeah, no, it's, you're still fine. You because you all know each other, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and you're broken into teams. And it's not like it was in the old days, but uh, you all still get on. And uh, uh, some of you meet for a beer every Friday night, and or, or a glass of wine, uh, and or a glass of orange juice. <laughs> he said. And um, overall, you're still feeling pretty effective. But the effectiveness curve starts to tail off as you get bigger and bigger, and you hit compliance issues, you hit security and risk issues, you hit, um, you hit uh, just having to bring in a broader, you hit needing to deal with the business, I said in quotes, uh, you know, different departments with their own needs and their own uh, politics and, and everything else. So the governance topics are helping that kind of, they, they help DevOps move beyond the glass ceiling of just being able to do stuff. And when you start hitting those sorts of problems, then you start needing tools that are thinking about things from a top-down management perspective. When you're considering value stream management for an organization, is it possible for the team they have, the people they have working there already to in an enterprise to begin that process? Or do you really need to bring in a fresh pair of eyes? Do you have to hire a consultant to, to help you figure out this stuff? You're there with all the good questions today. Um, <laughs> consultants are pointless, right? Uh, we, we don't need consultants, but we, the, the only reason we need consultants are because uh, it's very hard to change from within. It's very hard to do anything. Um, it's sometimes hard to see the wood from the trees when you're working on, 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 on something. So the, what we're trying to do with value stream management, there, there's a kind of negative and there's a positive about this particular change. Um, and the, the negative is that it involves change and everyone hates change. Um, and, uh, we're talking about culture change from the top down, um, which is, is the worst kind of change, culture change. Uh, the positive is that it's change in order to mature. So, uh, and it's change in order to, to fit with the needs of the wider enterprise. So. Unlike, for example, I'll give you a scenario. It's not like saying, 
we we need to make things so uh, no one else is going to understand us, and uh, we're going to be existing in our own little pocket, and um, uh, we're going to be able to run off as a as an independent part part of the organisation. That doesn't sound so healthy. If if it is, we're going to have to grow up a bit. We're going to have to engage with the wider business. We're going to have to engage with the wider business topics like compliance and so on and so forth. It's kind of Oh, dang. All right. I suppose it had to come sometime. Um, and the wider business uh, is already operating in that way. So it's actually a very engaging uh, element of uh, strategy. It's, it's, uh, I, I've seen uh, DevOps organizations, for example, that thought they could do it all by themselves. Um, and um, the uh, I've worked with other, this was, uh, I'm thinking of a retailer, uh, for example, the other parts of the organization looked at them, not with kind of, not with delights and not with horror, just with kind of disdain, because there's this bunch of really cool people or people that think they're really cool and they think they know all the answers and they're off in a different uh, uh, part of the country and they're building things, but the things they're building don't work for us. So it's just kind of, it wasn't working. What you need when you're scaling your DevOps practice is to recognize that you're not working in isolation. You need to fit with the bigger organization. You need to deliver the needs of the, the wider organization. And I was speaking to someone recently about uh, how software development is changing relative to COVID right now. And they said to me that what's changed over the past few months from a software development perspective is all those things where we said, yeah, 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 we'll do it as quickly as possible. And the business would say, great. Now the business is saying, we need that right now. Why haven't you delivered yet? I don't want your excuses. I want answers. I want to know when we can have that stuff because for business, businesses are under a lot of pressure. They were already reliant on, on digital digital innovation or digital transformation on, you know, just making more of uh, technology and being able to innovate better. And now that's becoming a really serious um, concern that they're not going to be able to, that they need to innovate themselves out of uh, a very, very difficult time. Uh, and uh, they, they are putting a lot of pressure on, on IT, on IT departments and on software development to, to, to respond to that. So, it's it's gone from you know being able to manage stuff better has gone from a nice to have to a to a need to have um, and a serious need to have. So you know I, I don't like these mantras these hyperbolic mantras of you know it's uh, innovate or die or um, uh, all that all that kind of thing. But there's a lot of pressure coming from the business now. With that in mind, um, with all the pressure in mind. The other thing that kind of struck me from my own experience is that um, we can often, and by we I mean human beings, can often find problems uh, in the shadows if we're looking hard enough. When you're looking at value stream management, when you're looking at visibility, what helps you avoid uh, false positives when identifying problems? The answer is there's always more problems than you'll solve. So um, you have uh, prioritization as your friend. Um, the most, uh, one, one could, one, it, 
it's almost impossible to survey this, so can only work on, on anecdotal uh, information. But um, most organizations that I speak to are running far less efficiently than they'd like. Uh, what they lack in order to solve that is, is time to solve it. Um, and um, they kind of know the areas that uh, are, uh, are causing challenges but they don't know the scale of the challenges and they don't know what to do about it. So um, what you can do with essentially tools that uh, give you, uh, if you see your software pipeline as a manufacturing process, it'll just say this point in the process is, is where things are, are backing up. Uh, if you have that, it's highly likely that the first time that you're looking at stuff in that way, You'll see the scale of the issue in certain. You'll, you'll see certain. Uh, if it is about you know containers going into harbors, uh, you'll see certain harbors that are really stacked up, like seriously stacked up, ten ten times more stacked up than other harbors. So you'll just say right, and it would be hard to have a false positive at that point because um, you're. Um, uh, because it would be blindingly obvious that you've got a backlog of, of many, many features, for example, that, that are waiting. So it, it's, it's, it's not about positives or negatives. It's just about that's, that's the truth of the situation. Once you've dealt with a few of those, it, it, it turns into more of a kind of a gilding the lily situation where uh, you can always make improvements, but what's the actual value of, uh, of, of those improvements? Uh, because um possibly uh a bit of uh, inefficiency never harmed anyone and you can't get rid of it all you shouldn't you shouldn't overload the amount of time that you're spending trying to get rid of inefficiency but the point there is where you should be looking at using value stream management best practice to to address effectiveness so rather than trying to remove bottlenecks you can be looking at uh uh, how much you can be looking at connecting uh, the outputs of what you're developing with the business. So, uh, for example, did that particular feature change our NPS scores, uh, which uh, sounds uh, highfalutin, but it's exactly what Spotify is doing. They, they, they have a new feature in their platform and uh, they go, yeah, did that cause more people to, to listen to our music today? Uh, did that cause uh, people to be happier about using our platform today? And they, they can measure that. And so you, those are the kinds of uh, uh, areas that you can address. And then, so to your po false positives question, um, it, uh, th there's always going to be unknowns in, in making those kinds of decisions. Um, but it becomes more about uh, experiment and learn, test and learn. So let's try, let's try putting this feature. It didn't make any difference or it doesn't appear to make any difference. Okay, well, let's just keep going. Let's add new features. Let's uh, replace features. Let's beta test um, and use things like uh, feature flags to, to compare uh, a you know, different versions of a feature against two user groups. Um, and that will enable you to, to get the a handle on uh, whether or not those features are making a difference. Fantastic. Um, as I've mentioned, you've written a lot about value stream management. You've talked to a lot of people and uh, written a lot about it on GigaOM over the past uh, 
couple of months. So if, if you're listening to this and you want to learn more about VSM, uh, implementing it and where it can benefit you, just go to gigaohm.com, check out our blogs. Uh, you can buy single reports or subscribe to the entire body of GigaOM Research, which I highly recommend because we write on all sorts of topics, uh, spanning the full width and breadth of technology and DevOps and IT, uh, all from cutting edge analysts. John, thank you so much for joining me today. No problem at all. Glad to, glad to be here. Absolutely. I am Johnny Baltusberger for GigaOM, and this has been Voices in Innovation. Just listen.